Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I always say to Dwayne that he is a brother from another mother. And uh, if we lived in the same area, we would be best buddies. Just God put us together, Dwayne and Joel, and we had a very, as Dwayne mentioned to you, a very, very special time in Israel. Uh, I'd actually got to dedicate my second book on that trip. And we were at the garden tomb in Jerusalem, and the whole group came around me, and we walked the book into the tomb of the Lord. And I could literally, I could hardly stand. The brothers had to come around and hold me up. My legs were gone under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I have a special love for New Horizon, especially because you were one of the first churches that received me um, when the book my second book was launched, and we really began to, to bring this reconnection ministry to the forefront. And it's interesting because um, when I came here last time, it was four years ago. It was about, I think it was about springtime, about the same time. Maybe it was a little bit earlier, February, March. It was about four years ago. And I broke two cardinal rules. The first is that I went way over the time. I like to talk once I get started. I can't help speaking and speaking. So I promised you this time. What time do we have to end? What time do I have to end? I repented four years ago. So I just, this is a manifestation of my repentance. I just want to make sure that I end on time. Someone, Hallie, give me an alarm, please. 11.35. Everyone got 11.35. So we'll be out of here on time today, I promise. And secondly, after I spoke, after I spoke, I went back into the office. And I got this, like, amazing, like, serious rebuke. Dwayne turned around and said, I rebuke you, brother. I rebuke you, brother. You can't preach from notes. Now, you know, you know your pastor. You know that he is... A gentle soul and he came to me in, in a loving way and he said you know Grant I, I liked what you had to say today I liked your message but you got to get off the notes and I was stirred and convicted and honestly I received the rebuke it really was a rebuke it was a correction and you know a wise man receives correction and I have to tell you today You know, this message that I carry, it's not mine. It really is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. It is deep in his heart. Even as I say it now, I feel the tears welling up within my soul for his family, for his family to be restored. For Jew and Gentile, to come together again in the very special, precious, one new man that God created from Messiah's obedience to the cross and resurrection, that a new man was born. Those close 
And those from afar brought into a beautiful unity that changed the world. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today. But first, I just wanted to say again to Dwayne and to Joel, thank you so much for loving us. Secondly, I wanted to introduce my beautiful wife. Her name is Halle Berry. She is the Jewish one. Halle, would you stand up? Halle is my lover and my best friend and my partner in ministry, and we pretty much do everything together, and I wouldn't want to be here with, without you, darling. Love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul was wise and eloquent. And yet, and he penned most of the New Testament, and yet he said that he never wanted to come with wise words, but always with the power and manifestation of the presence of the Lord. So before I start my messages, I always invite the Holy Spirit to take control and dominion, not only to flow through me, but also to minister to you. And I have such a, this is such a message of the heart. It is such a message of the heart that, that it goes beyond the intellect. So would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Because the Lord has given us an anointing of his peace. And of course, we, when we're walking right with the Lord, we can all walk in that place of peace. But there's this special place of, of peace that the Lord, of shalom, that the Lord releases through us in ministry. And it's a sign and a wonder. And, and so, Holy Spirit, I, I, just, I give you this time right now. These, these 30 minutes, and I ask you, Father, right now to, first of all, just to release your peace, like a river, like a river to flow through our beings. You know, peace and joy are our rights, but sometimes we have to fight for them. And so I just release your peace right now. And I say, as you're sitting in, in, in the audience, just receive just receive the Ruach. Receive his peace. Let his peace wash you. And as I woke up this morning, the Holy Spirit said to me that there's going to be a younger person in the audience, in the congregation this morning, who's been raised by Christian parents, but you have not yet made your own connection. And the Lord says to you, and you know who you are, the Lord says to you that if you will open your heart to me, I will fill it right now with my peace. And I will show you for yourself how real I am. So, Lord, I just pray that you touch, and I believe that's a young man. I just pray that you would touch that young man right now. 
And that you would, young man, that you would open your heart. Everything that your parents have been trying to tell you about God is real, but you have to know him for yourself. Hallelujah. 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 Just receive the peace. Just breathe the peace in. You know, we're so busy in this 21st century. We just need that time sometimes where we just just let him flow through us and wash us and cleanse us. Hallelujah. Praise God. I am here this morning to talk to you about the power of God. I am here this morning to talk to you about a key. Hallie and I wear this key around our neck. We call it the reconnection key. It's the key of David. It's a key that God has ordained for this time that we in his family, those who serve and walk for the Lord, with the Lord, are to take the key and to put it in the door to unlock its unquenchable power. We are living in a new day. There is a new wineskin being poured into the body. The Father is restoring his church as it was in the beginning and then beyond. Yeshua said that we would see greater things, and we haven't seen them yet, but we are going to see them. We are coming into the new wine. We are coming into a place of reconnection and restoration. Hallelujah. I want to read some scriptures to you from the book of Romans in the 11th chapter. And it relates to our connection and the awakening of the people of Israel. And it says that if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles... How much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? And then he goes on to say, I'm talking to you Gentiles. Do you know the Roman church was 30 to 40% Jewish? In this section of scripture, Paul is reaching out to the Gentile part of the family to gain, to release understanding of this complexity of the, the paths and the, and the walk of Israel from the beginning to the end. I'm talking to you, my Gentile brothers and sisters. For there's no difference between us now, Jew and Gentile, in the one new man. There's no difference between us in the spirit. 
We are co-heirs. We are equal. We are one new man. Those bought from near, those bought from far, brought into a credible new unity. But there are distinctions in the way and the roles in which we have and the callings we have as Jews and Gentiles from within that context that have been wiped out. That as Israel awakens and is awakening must now be restored. In as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I make the most of my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. No one had to tell Paul to reach his own people. They were his blood, and he knew that they were cut off. He knew that they were lost. He knew that they had to believe in Yeshua, in Jesus, to cross over from the curse of the law into the new life that Yeshua had paid the price and laid down the path for all of us to walk in. And then he finishes with this. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? I'm here this morning to talk to you about the end time revival. I'm here this morning to talk to you about the power of God. I'm here this morning to talk to you about the glory. Who wants the glory? Raise your hands if you want the glory. The glory of God is coming. But it's not coming as it did during the times of the Gentiles. It's not coming as it did during the time of the Jews. You see... From our father's perspective, he's a family man. He has been equitable to the time that he has spent individually with his Jewish family. From Abraham to Yeshua, there were 2,000 years. From Jesus to this modern day, during the time of the Gentiles, there were 2,000 years. We are moving into a new day, into a new time, into the fullness of the Gentiles, into Israel's awakening. And we in this modern day are not like past Christians, the Puritans who cried out, who saw and recognized the scriptures that Israel must come back to life. And they cried out for Israel's restoration. No, before us, we have seen already the restoration of the land. Ezekiel 37, the dry bones have been formed. Ezekiel 37, my my perspective of this scripture God in the spirit 
takes Ezekiel on a journey and he shows him the dry bones of the Holocaust. And he says, speak to those bones that they may come to life because out of that death, out of that destruction came the beginning and the birthing of the restoration of the covenants and promises that God has made to his family. You see, Israel's his firstborn child, hands raised who has a firstborn child. Whether they're walking with him or not, your love for them does not change. You cry out for them even more if they're prodigal. God made promises and covenants. Our father's word is now on the line. And you know, a lot of us as Christians, we, we look at what's going on in Israel and sometimes we think, how can this be? Because the scripture says that those that live in the land need to be holy. But if we look at scripture, it clearly tells us in all main sections that God, that the Jews would reject, be dispersed, dealt with, but then restored. Then brought back, Moses said, the time will come even after your disobedience, I will bring you back into the land. And then... I will cleanse you from your sins. Ezekiel says the same thing, that I will turn your stony heart into a heart of flesh. And Paul confirms it in Romans 11 and says, this is my covenant when I will take away your sins. You see, the word of God says first, they must be brought back and then the spirit. So let's go to the second proclamation in Ezekiel. Because at the end of verse 8, if you have your phones and Bibles, quickly look at it. What does it say at the end of verse 8? It says there was no breath in the bones. And so God ordains the second proclamation to the prophet. And he says, Ezekiel, call on the four winds and pull on the breath that it may enter these slain and that they may live. This is where we are. Do you know that we are the Ezekiel generation? When has God ever done anything on the face of the earth? Without using us, don't ask me why. Why does he use this fleshy vessel? Sometimes I don't know. I struggle every day with my humanities. But he does. Thy will be done in heaven and on earth. And we are that earthly connection. And he chooses to work through us. 
us. In order for Israel to come forth during this day, we must be restored to our original identity. The one new man changed the world. Signs, wonders under a Roman oppressive government. Rome couldn't beat it, so it joined it. But in the joining, it's, it got disconnected from its power source. And teachings came into the church to justify a replacement. And the church grew up with a separate identity. There is truth to the fact that the church, that, the, that Israel, the new Israel is believing Jew and believing Gentile. There is truth to that. But not to replace them. And we're not fulfilled until the broken branches are restored. This makes the bride complete, readied for his coming. So we are in a new day. Holy Spirit is shifting. And my Gentile brothers and sisters, who I love as my own, you are my family. I have learned all my gifts from you And I love you dearly. But we will never see these times solely through a Gentile lens. We will never see these times solely through a Messianic lens. We can only see these times through the heart of the Father. To reunite his family. And to reconnect us. To make us one as he did. It is a power equation. It is the restoration that will begin to birth the revival and the fire that we're so hungering for, but we're still not looking in the right direction for it. It is where the glory is. The messianic body is arising. They need our help. They need our strength. We're we're giants Compared to them, they're a tiny body, but they are a remnant. And aren't we a remnant? Except in the church, we're just a bigger remnant. God loves remnants. And his kingdom is manifest through remnants. Remnants of Israel and remnants of his children from the nations. But we must reconnect to them in order to be able to cry out for them. They are our brothers. They are part of the bride. The bride concept does not belong solely to the church. You study the bride. It goes back to Israel. The Lord is coming for his bride. It includes reawakened Israel. And so we must shift. And so we must shift and deal with the issues that are holding us back. Deal with the issues of the mistakes of our forefathers. We were called 
to love Israel despite their rejection. We were called to draw them to jealousy. We were called to release the mercy that we have received as a result of their disobedience. We are called to release that mercy back to them. They are not just another group of people. They are a covenant people who must be restored and must be on our radar because as we realign the gospel to its kingdom principle that never left Yeshua and never left Paul, which is to the Jew first and then to the nations, as we realign to take on Israel's birth as our own blood and family, look out, devil. Whoa, look out, because the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming with his fire. The Lord is coming with his glory. The Lord is going to move the mountains that need to be moved. Someone say hallelujah. 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 Mm. Oh, glory. Go with me to John 17. I want to show you something. Ten minutes? We look at John 17, and we think and we understand this is about unity in the family, and it is. It's unity with with the Father. It's unity with the Son. It's unity in the church. But I'm going to give you some homework, and I want you to go away this week, and in your quiet time, I want you to go and read John 17, and I'm going to challenge you. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge, I'm going to basically say to you, you need to see the one new man in John 17. You need to understand the heart of the father is for his family. And so we have to get away from our sibling stuff and start to understand and view this perspective from the father's heart. From verse 6 to 19, he prays solely for his Jewish apostles. He prays for their strength. He prays for the grace. He prays for the glory. He prays for their protection. And then in verse 20 is the most peculiar verse. My prayer is not for them alone. That's not peculiar. That's the rest of us. He's now switching. Yeshua's switching. He's, he's prayed for his disciples. He says, I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. He says, and now I'm going to pray 
for those that will believe in your message. What do you mean, your message? Yeshua, Jesus is our message. He is the gospel. No, no, no. He released the authority upon his Jewish disciples to take the gospel out into the nations so that those children from the nations could be grafted into Israel to become one with them. And through that equation, the world changed. It was forever changed. But when Rome took over the church, it severed those Hebraic roots and went after any Jew or Gentile wanting to reconnect as they had been in that place for well over a hundred years, for three centuries, until the church was rid of a Jewish influence and Christianity became a separate religion, which it is not. It got disconnected from its power source. What happens? It goes into the Dark Ages and Islam is born during that time. And it's not until the 16th century that God begins to restore. And this restoration has been gradual. It was not immediate. The word of God got released. We got the, 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 the word of grace through, through Luther, the holiness movement in the eight, 18th century, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the 20th century. And now the Lord is restoring his apostolic foundations. And we're beginning to, to move back to the fivefold. And the Israel peace, the Israel key is the last and final peace. But it is the peace that sets and makes the It's where the glory comes from. Do you know in John 17, the glory or word glory or glorify is mentioned nine times. And the whole of John 17 talks about this beautiful unity between them and us. But I want to submit to you this morning for you to think and and contemplate that The foundation to the one you man is the unity of the Jew and Gentile in the one you man. And God is now wanting to restore that. So in a sense, we need to remarry. And we need to deal with the teachings that have caused us to be separate because we are still disconnected. We're looking on the sidelines at the end times thinking that God's just going to deal with Israel on his own. No. We are the mercy vessels. We're the holy temples that God has chosen to cry out. He is looking for that intercession. Heaven is now beckoning, beckoning our cry. I don't have time to go into this, but you all got copies of the Ezekiel generation when I came here last time. Reread the first chapter. 
the Lord used the birth of my son to give me a prophetic picture to show me that Israel must come through the church. We are the chosen vessels. We are the salvific agents, not just for the witness and the evangelism, for the heart cry for our Father's word to be restored for his family to be prepared because it only says that that veil will be on Israel until the we come into this time. Ephesians, Ephesians third chapter. I'll, I'll finish with this. Now, of course, all of this that I'm sharing with you is in the new book. I've written a book. I've been in the cave for two and a half years. Really, the Lord said to me, I need to be able to explain this, that a 10-year-old can understand the reconnection, and that is impossible without unpacking every different aspect and facet of the reconnection that is standing in the way of this equation. And this book unpacks this And it provides a prayer solution of the Holy Spirit that the Lord is wanting to raise up a church to cry out for the family of God to be restored. We've got to stop seeing the Jewish people as they are and start seeing them as the word of God tells us that they will be because we are coming to the end of that veil, but it is coming through us. And we have got to get off the sidelines and into the battle, and on our faces, and on our knees, and begin to cry out. And do you know what happens when we start to cry out for Israel's birth? Do you know what happens? Here comes the fire. Here comes the revival. Here comes the glory. The glory and the power to save the nations, because the gospel is not just to Israel. The gospel is to the Jew first, and then, there's no period or full stop, and then the nations, we're a family. And so as, but as, we, as we pick up the ark the way God intended it so that it could be moved back to Jerusalem, the power gets released. So there is thinking and challenging that is going on right now because we have had 1800 years of gentile christianity i don't say that judgmentally i love you guys but but you ask almost any messianic believer they will tell you that yeshua must come back to sit on david's throne the throne on the earth is beckoning and waiting here. There is a different perspective for us to embrace that is somewhat different from our Christian perspective. And during this time, we must be open. We must put our eschatology, our end time beliefs upon the altar and allow the Holy Spirit to bring forth his revelation and his understanding which will come through his heart. The more we walk in this unity, 
the more we walk in this love together, the more will we be revealed. We don't have time to read it now, but Ephesians 3 has talks, Paul talks about how the gospel, the mystery was unveiled to the world by bringing the Gentiles in from the nations as co-heirs. And there are two principles that Paul points out that I want to bring to your attention. First, it was hidden. Jesus goes to them in the temple and he says, I have other sheep. Here you are. Here you are. I have other sheep. They must come. They're mine. I must draw them to myself. I love them just like I love you. And they looked at him like he was sugar. That's a Yiddish word for crazy. Similarly, it had to be proclaimed into the heavenlies. Well, here we are in Romans 11, 25. I do not want you to be ignorant to this mystery, my brothers and sisters, that Israel has experienced a hardening until it has been hidden from prior generations. Prior Gentile believing generations have not seen this. Why? Because Israel was not restored. Not only are they in the land, but there are 350,000 Jewish believers in the world and growing every day. It has been hidden. This, everything I tell you is from Scripture, but it is new insight, new revelation for this day. And secondly, and here it is, he is looking for us to cry out for our Father's will to be done. He is looking for the prodigal to come home. Would you stand? I'm going to ask you to make a proclamation because this is... This is not a, a quick thing. This is, this is something that the reconnection, this is a comprehensive study book. It needs to be studied. I'm challenging the theologians. I'm challenging the Bible schools. I'm challenging the pastors. I'm challenging the churches because God's shown me that this is not an instant thing. We can't just say, oh, Lord, please give this to me. I need to repent of this. I need to get my heart right. Yes, that's the beginning. But it's, it's a process to come into an understanding, a full understanding of the reconnection because it's been so foreign to us for so long. But I'm telling you that this is the time and this is the power key that God is wanting you to take, to put into the door. So if you're willing and, and, and the Holy Spirit's been ministering to you as I've been speaking to you. I want you to get up out of your seat and I want you to come down to the altar because we are going to make a proclamation of faith. We are going to step in to the Father's heart. We're going to step in 
to the reconnection. And we're going to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to unveil this to us to un- as, uh, uh, as, as, his, as his Gentile, as his children from the nations. We're going to ask him, I want you to come to the front. Come to the front and we're going we're gonna to make this step, this step together. Hallelujah. Would you come now?